and welcome back to another 3D Hangouts. I'm Noel Ruiz, designer here at Adafruit, and joining me every week is my brother Pedro. Good morning everybody, I'm Pedro Ruiz, creative tech here at Adafruit, and every week we're here to share 3D printed projects featuring electronics from Adafruit. That's right, this is where we combine 3D printing and DIY electronics to make inspirational projects. Hello everybody in the Discord chat room. If anybody would like to join in on the action while we're doing the live show, you can head up the Discord server, say hello, and um, <laughs> come hang out and ask come questions. Hang out, ask questions. Sorry. Good we morning, everybody. We are hanging out in the Discord, as you said, at discord.gg slash Adafruit. We're also hanging out in the YouTube chat, Facebook, LinkedIn, I think Periscope. LinkedIn? I think I turned yep. LinkedIn off, sorry. Oh. Or maybe it was Mixer. Yeah, anyway, hello, everybody in the chat room. That's where we're hanging out. Huge shout outs to everybody in there. Um, we'll do some shout outs. Andy Calloway's hanging out. Blood City's hanging out. Hey, Liz. Mr. Certainly Bruce is hanging out as well. And Yanni Scoo is hanging out as well. Hello, everybody. Again, if you got any questions, go ahead and drop them in the live broadcast chat room. It's on the sidebar there. That's where we're hanging out. That's where the chat is. Over on the YouTube chat, we got Fed Inventor Hobby Product and Elizabeth Havona. Hi. Hi, hi, hi. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, we have some fun rainbows to share. So let's go ahead and kind of run through the intros. Okay, the first one is CircuitPython Day. It's coming up. It's 9-9. Um, we have more events and more info as the weeks progress and we start to plan for that. Speaking of CircuitPython, CircuitPython meetings happen every Monday at 2 p.m. So if folks are interested, check it out. It's a great way to come in and say hello. Uh, what you're working on and uh, get an insight look at what the devs are working on as well in the community. Uh, it's not just Adafruit folks, lots of folks are in there. So check it out. It happens every Monday at 2 p.m. and it is a live kind of recording in the Discord um, server. And it's in the CircuitPython chat room. So you can check it out there. If you'd like to contribute, you can um, ask to have voice and then you can talk if you want to uh, talk about your project or something like that. So check it out every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Adafruit is open Oops. safely and nice. shipping orders at this time, usually within one business day if you choose overnight shipping. That's right. We have a page, uh, adafruit.com slash open safely if you'd like to get an insight as to all the different things that Adafruit is doing to keep everybody safe. Check it out. Some of the latest things is uh, Adafruit is uh, testing surfaces. Um, at the HQ in New York, and uh, they're using um, Phygen, Phalogen surface testing stuff. And uh, Phil put together blog posts and some of the images of Lamar swabbing all the different surfaces at Adafruit. And thankfully, uh, everything came out negative. So uh, cleaning up is, is, uh, is good, good practice. That's right, wearing masks, being socially distanced, wearing gloves, it's all working. And we're going to be doing these tests every single month. Yeah. So. Intense sanitizing protocols. We're here to stay. All righty. There's all, all the info there if you're curious about uh, where to get the tests and where, where it was applied. You can uh, check out the blog post. I have it here. OK. Let's uh, keep going. <laughs> uh, Adafruit Daily is a great way to get some daily uh, news, um, projects, that sort of stuff. If you'd like to check it out, go to adafruitdaily.com. That's where you can subscribe to all the different newsletters, uh, the latest being the IoT Monthly, um, and then um, 
kind of our favorite one is Python on hardware, right under the 3D printing one. <laughs> so check that one out. And then we have once a week product-focused newsletter. You can get that at adafruit.com newsletter. Subscribe to that if you'd like. None of these subscriptions are automated. Like, they're, they're automated, but they're not sent to you if you don't subscribe to them, because that would be bad. And a lot of folks do that, but we don't. So that's nice to say. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think we're ready to start the show. Let's go ahead and check out this week's awesome project. Okay. Let me uh, go to the overhead, the, the lower head. Yeah, so this week um, we put together a nice little 3D printed case. We're using uh, the Neo Matrix 8x8 LED display. We've got a feather on the back. Put it all together in this nice little package, and we're using that awesome new material dubbed Black LED Acrylic. This stuff is really nice. Uh, we, had, we had some in stock. It sold out. Um, thanks to everybody for buying it up. Thought I'd make a project this week with it. Um, it doesn't require CNC milling. Of course, you could CNC mill it, but you could also just score it and cut it and snap different shapes out, uh, uh, like uh, a shape that would fit your, your new matrix. So this is it. Let me go ahead and put it together again, and then we'll talk about it. Um, so we got our 3D printed grid here, which is separating the light um, that are on the on the PCB here, the, the little NeoPixels, there's 64 of them. Um, and they look really awesome in this black LED acrylic. They got a built-in slide switch here for turning it on and off. Uh, it snap fits together, so we got these two edges here that snap fit it together. So it looks really nice. Um, I have the code just running uh, one of the animations because I was doing photos and I forgot to change it. But one of the really cool features that I like is that it has the proto feather wing. So if you do want to swap this out for something with like a Wi-Fi connectivity like the, um, the ESP32, uh, huzzah, or maybe you want Bluetooth, like an NRF featherboard, or the, NRF, uh, the Sense is also another great one. Uh, you can easily swap it out, and you could even kind of customize the, uh, the headers so that you can have stacking headers, uh, and you could probably even fit like two dual headers here, so that'd be kind of neat. Um, yeah, so if you had like multiple feathers, maybe you wanted to add a RTC, a real-time clock, make yourself a little clock or something, that could definitely work. Um, so yeah, but uh, I wanted it to be modular, so that's why I added um, the, uh, the Proto Featherwing. It's a, it's a great way to get lots of different connections, lots of different pins. has tons of po power and ground pins, so if you want to power other components, you can totally do so. I got this little 400 milliamp LiPo battery here, just because it fits so nicely in between the feathers here. Um, but you could add some, uh, like originally, I added some standoffs here with like the M25 standoffs. That way you can stick a bigger battery if you do want it to be portable. If this is gonna chill on your desk and you're writing some code, I would recommend just having it plugged in through USB and then just power it that way. Um, so you can do that. So let's go ahead and take it apart and get a look at this acrylic. So the acrylic just rests in this cover and this cover is kind of what has those snap fit features. You can see on the side here, uh, that that's where the snap fits are. Everything else is just kind of flush. It doesn't have any snap fits other than these sides. So this just kind of presses in there. This is from Adafruit. It is a little bit thinner than the, the stuff we got from uh, Tap Plastics, which is right here. And I have kind of three different versions here. So you can see kind of all the different variants. So this is like your regular smoky acrylic. I, I hear people call it smoky acrylic, but it's normally just transparent. And it does not provide any type of diffusion. It's just like a cool uh, tinted acrylic that's trans completely transparent. doesn't give you any diffusion. Uh, and, and this is normally what you would get like at, uh, 
you know, whatever hardware store. Stores. Hardware stores sell it. Um, yeah, and there are different colors of this. Great for like if you need to see inside something but still kind of have it protected. So that's that. This is from uh, Tap Plastics. It's uh, from Tap Plastics and it's a little bit thicker. So you can see here that it's kind of a little bit more softer because the material is thicker, making it darker. So this is darker and then Adafruits is slightly uh, more opaque because it's like 0.2 millimeters thinner. But you really can't tell the difference. Um, the case accommodates for both of them if you want to have them. And even accommodates for this one if you wanted to have that in there. So that would work too. Um, so yeah, if you put it over the two, comparing it like that, you can see, yeah, okay, this one's a little bit more bright because it's lighter and this one's a little bit darker. There you go. And then if you really want to compare, um, there's just, wow, it's like magic here, the way that, that, that works there. And then um, of course, the more distance you have, uh, the, the more softer diffusion you're going to get, but you still get some kind of sharp edges there because of the, uh, because of the way the, uh, the light's catching the, uh, the edges there of the, of the grid. So there's that. So the, the grid itself is, a, is roughly 10 millimeters tall. So that is kind of thick, you know? I tried going half, like five millimeters, and it, it just doesn't create that effect. You really do need a, a minimum of like 10 millimeters of distance to get this, si this soft, even diffused look. So that's some of the things that I found there. Another thing to make this work is I had to add these, uh, these little cutouts here in, in between all of, the, uh, all, of the, all of the walls so that they could accommodate for the onboard capacitors. So I'm going to plug this so you can get a look at the capacitors. They're all placed uh, in between the, the LEDs and they all kind of go down in this kind of grid. So I just had to make sure that those cutouts uh, were deep enough so that this compressed fit through the PCB mount, but also become flush with the PCB. So now all of those uh, surfaces are flush with the PCB and because there's cutaways um, for, the, uh, for, the, for the capacitors. Yeah, so that's how that works. Right, let me take that off. And uh, it just press fits in here. Um, it, it doesn't have any like kind of snaps on the edges. It just kind of fits in between uh, the gap here between the uh, the PCB mount and the PCB. The PCB itself isn't really secured in there, like it literally just falls out. And that's really nice because it's easy to take it apart. The standoffs are built into the, uh, the PCB mount and they have these little pegs here. And the way they are designed is so that uh, the outer standoff is kind of where the PCB rests and these little pegs here are what actually go through the various mounting holes. There's quite a few of them. Um, which is great because it has plenty of mounting points. Um, and yeah, the, uh, the Proto Featherwing has uh, uh, um, M25 screws and hex nuts that secure it uh, to these tabs here. And it's strategic in the way that like, I cut an opening here just so that the, uh, the cable here uh, can kind of pass through here without having to disassemble it. That's why I had that there. Um, you can t you can tile these together. There's plenty of uh, pads here for uh, tiling multiple of them together. Uh, you have your 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 uh, data out pins over here, along with another pair of voltage and ground. And then this is where uh, data in is. And I have this connected to a uh, JST connector, a three-pin JST connector, so that I can uh, disconnect it uh, easily if I need to. But uh, so far, I, I haven't had to. Uh, take it apart because of the way that I uh, made this cutout here so I can kind of pass the PCB through here. And yeah, 
it's it's somewhat symmetrical. So like if you wanted to rotate this this way, I suppose you could, but because of that cutout, you want to keep it um, oriented this way, like that. So you can read the text and then see that my switch is up there. And then we have these edges here. These are little nubs here. Um, they're about two millimeters uh, long, uh, tall. That way um, they snap uh, into the little edges here of the cover. So you can kind of see how that works. It's funny because like all the pieces have to sandwich together in order for this to kind of like work, right? Because like it all kind of sandwiches together to, 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 to snap fit correctly, which is nice. Uh, so yeah, you got your, your, your NeoPixel PCB that fits in there. And then uh, you just want to line up your, uh, your cuts here. You see I have it oriented wrong, so I have to rotate it a little bit. And then uh, this fits in like that. That clicks in like that. It won't fall out. And then um, you can put your, your acrylic piece in here. And then <laughs> the acrylic piece in there. Make sure that the, the reflective side is like on the inside and the nice soft matted surface is on the outside. There is like a pretty big cutaway here and that is to accommodate for like the switch. So what I did here differently with the switch is it has a built-in um, little holder with two wall, three walls, and it just holds the switch in there. Um, we, we tend to do this type of design for all of, all of the projects that have these little uh, switches, and it's just a great way to kind of get it in there. There's no glue holding it. It's literally just the tension of, uh, of the walls here that are holding it, and then you have a hole here that uh, exposes the actuator so you can turn it on and off. And that's wired to the enable and ground pins on the, uh, the Proto Feather Wing yeah, with two wires there. Um, what's cool about it though is that uh, it, it has a slight extrusion here, right? So you can see that it's not flush, it, it extrudes out. And that allows the, uh, the cover to have that opening so that it has uh, a nice sort of uh, feel to it. So you put it all together and then uh, let me make sure that the cutaway is, yep, oriented properly. Let's see, is there something that's just... Make sure that the wiring is not getting kinked or anything like that. It is. That is why that cut there is 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 important so that the wire can kind of come out like that. And then you can kind of stuff this in here. And now you have that nice and kind of put away. All right. The last thing is the cover. So here's that cut away, and you'll see that it lines up nicely with that extrusion for that uh, slide switch. So it kind of gives you like this flush surface, but like this nice kind of chamfered edge here. So you have some, you can kind of close your eyes and feel it. Mm, yes, it's there. <laughs> so it kind of gives you a, a visual indicator of where it is. And I turned it on, but the board isn't in there yet. So here's the board, battery's already in there. The reason why it's powered is because there's no slide switch uh, wired to it. The, the slide switch is wired to the, the feather, uh, pro, the proto feather wing. So once I plug it in, if the switch was off, it would turn off like that. There you go. So there's the assembly. <clears throat> nice detail there on, uh, on the assembly. And a nice flat edge here so that it can stand up. It is an awesome use of grids with the black LED acrylic. So yeah. uh, Mr. Certainly Bruce has a request. What does it look like having both tap plastics and Adafruit diffuser combined? Sure, let's try it out. It's gonna get real dark. So we put that one up front right there. 
Here we go, guys. The, 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 oh, no, no, no. no. I don't know. The, uh, the universe might, uh, might break here. Bump. Yeah, it's very blurry. It, it looks like my camera's blurred, but uh, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just like adding more tint, you know? Mm -hmm. Maybe put these two together, what happens there? Not much. Oh. Just makes it darker. Looks like it makes it more clear right. on the camera. Interesting enough, like the uh, the brightness here is set to like 0. 0.2. Hmm. 0. 0.2. Um, because uh, I actually ran into some power issues. <laughs> it, it wants five volts, it really does, but I'm only giving it three and it's it's not very happy. And then Triple A on the YouTube chat is asking if this code could be adapted uh, for the ambient light, like the TV flicker. That would be super And I cool. linked him to one of the we guides that guide we that have that, on we? Uh, fake TV lights for engineers, and it's using a Metro. Nice. Yeah. So you might be able to adapt that code. Yeah, is it Arduino or Superpad? I believe it, it is, is Arduino. Arduino. Yeah, it's yeah, Arduino. Yeah. yeah, well, that's great. You can easily double-click the reset button and then... Uh, upload the Arduino firmware and uh, you're on Arduino land. And then you can double tap the reset again and, and then go back to CircuitPython land. That's what's one of the awesome things about the feathers and just the UF2 bootloader is that you can easily switch between Arduino and CircuitPython. Uh, white RGB, so it doesn't have the dedicated white pixel mm -hmm. or LED color And what's there. funny is we do uh, the, the, the Neo Matrix now, or not now, but it comes in different flavors. So there's some that have the cool white LEDs, the warm white LEDs, the RGBW. Yeah, and I'll show them to you. The, yeah, the RGBW right here under the drop down. Uh, you can see there's different ones. I forgot. Um, what I did is I just plugged this in through USB, and then I have the Moo editor, and I just uncommented uh, the, uh, the animations uh, so that I can have all of them. So you can see here that the... They're different animations and colors, so there you go. We'll uh, look into the uh, the code bits in just a second here as we uh, queue it up. All right, so let's head on over to the learn guide. So you head on over to learn.adafruit.com. You can see the uh, the project there is posted. The um, Overview page just covers all the parts that are used. Um, most of them are in stock. Actually, maybe not in stock right now, but it's fine. You can uh, sign up. Uh, you can sign up to be notified when they are in stock. Um, yeah, so we got the Neo Matrix that is in stock. Yay! And so is the the Predator, Proto Featherwing. That's nice. There's also some other odds and, and ends like the uh, the standoff hardware kit that we have and the various JST connectors. Those are nice. Battery is optional, by the way. You don't need a battery if you don't want it to be portable. And we have a bunch of examples with the Matrix. Uh, we have Nick Nico Tuba asking, what is this for? What can you do with it? Can you show some examples? So it's a display, so you can have it display weather, or text, or... Yeah, currently it's just a, a good kind of way to showcase this, the, the new LED animation library for CircuitPython. That's kind of what our inspiration was. Like, hey, let's make a nice um, case for it and get that black LED acrylic in there and try to get this effect. And then beyond that, using your own imagination, these are used in a lot of props. So a lot of the movies that you watch, a lot of mm -hmm. the cosplay that you see, these can be turned into costumes, it can be turned into um, whatever props, weapons. Yeah. So uh, sky's the limit. Yeah, I'd like to see some tech support. Uh, some bitmaps, some GIFs, all that sort of stuff. Um, 
So, yeah. Cool. All right, let's head on back over to the Learn Guide. All right, uh, the circuit diagram is going to walk you through um, how all the wired connections are. You can um, get Adafruit um, fritzing parts from the link over here. We've got a little library if folks want to kind of put their own together. It's a great way to kind of visualize when you're putting it together and assembling. It's nice to have a, a visual uh, representation of your circuit. So there you go. I got all the wiring connections broken out. Not too many, just three for the Neo Matrix. And uh, the switch has two to the enable and ground. And again, the battery is optional. I should cover that here. For 3D printing, um, we offer all the parts. Even the acrylic was an STL in case folks want to uh, print that out with maybe something else. I also offer a, uh, an SVG file, which I will cover uh, in the next page. But this one just covers the 3D stuff. So if you want the CAD assembly, uh, it, it, it has an animation of the assembly that you can check out. The, uh, the original Fusion 360 <laughs> share link is uh, there. It's this Fusion 3.0. That's funny. I forgot the six. Uh, and you can download it from Prusa Printers and Thingiverse. Um, that includes the, uh, the NeoMatrix PCB file as well, which has like the onboard caps and the onboard uh, NeoPixels. And we also have a, a GitHub repo, which that was newly added to it. So you can get that um, there if you want to make some 3D models uh, using those parts. Yeah. All right, the next couple pages just walks you through setting up CircuitPython with your Feather M4 Express. So if you're new to it, this is going to walk you through uh, uh, setting up your board. It's relatively easy. Double tap reset button to get in the bootloader mode. Drag and drop a UF2 file that you download. And then uh, it automatically flashes itself and shows up like a USB drive, which is magical. CircuitPython libraries, uh, this one uses the LED uh, library, animation library which is new to CircuitPython, fairly new. Uh, this one just walks you through the library bundle. Um, what do you, just, just walks you through unzipping it and looking at all the different things and the example files are there. And uh, it's very, very thorough. And then the code page um, walks you through actually uploading the code. Um, you can use a regular text editor, but we're using the Moo editor. Um, it's a nice lightweight Python IDE if you don't necessarily need one. Um, so once you get your library bundle, you're just going to want these two libraries out of it. Put that in your lib folder when your um, CircuitPython um, drive shows up. That's your M4 Express. Uh, and you just want the Adafruit underscore LED underscore animation. That's a folder that has several um, MPY files. And then your NeoPixel.MPY file. So just those two. This screenshot gives you a nice visual of as what your drive should look like. Little note about the Python Moo editor. We have a learn guide on setting that up if you want to read through that. And then um, just some double checking things to make sure that you are indeed on the latest uh, version of CircuitPython. You can look at the little boot out.txt file that is uh, that gets automatically generated when you update your firmware. And it'll let you know what your hardware is running and what version of CircuitPython. And that just kind of gives you a nice uh, double check. Here's the code. It is straight from the examples uh, folder, a part of the LED animation library. So it's, it's pretty much the same code. And then uh, the only things you need to change is um, the, the digital pin. So in this project, we're, we have it wired up to D6. But you, if you wired it to something else, you can change that here. And then there's 64 total NeoPixels, which is right here in line number four. It says pixel num. And then uh, for the pixel wing vertical and pixel wing horizontal, 
um, objects you want to just make sure that it says eight by eight because that is the uh, the kind of grid that we uh, that we have here is, a, is an eight by eight. Um, if you had something else, you can update that here. Uh, I think this was originally written for the uh, the neo the neo matrix feather wing, which does have an eight by four arrangement, um, which is really cute. But uh, this version, you know, eight by eight, really really simple to just change those those digits and have it working on uh, a custom. Um, kind of neo matrix grid. Cool, and then we have a learn guide link here to all the different features and parameters you can modify. Um, this one links to the pixel mapping, which is uh, what you got, what you want to do when you want to uh, kind of create horizontal and vertical grids. So there you go. Shout out to Katni Roy for putting that together. Make it awesome. After the code, I got a little page here on a cutting the acrylic itself. Um, so I put together this, this really simple template that you could print out on a 2D printer um, if you want to kind of reference the size. I have an SVG file as well if you want to see, and see that like with a mill. Or if you want to laser cut that, you would use the CNC file. Uh, if you want to print it, just print out the PDF um, vector file. So you can, that's, that's what it looks like. Just, just a sheet of paper with the little square in the center. All right. And then I walk you kind of through how I set it up. This is just really for me, so that if I ever come back, because normally when I see and see something, I'll come back and I have to relearn everything because there's some gaps in between those projects. Um, but hey, uh, it's nice to kind of give you a rundown of uh, the setup here. So I'm using the Bantam tools, Desktop CNC, formerly known as Other Mill. They have a, a, a tool library for Fusion 360. Fusion 360, of course, has um, really nice CAM tools inside their manufacturing workspace. Uh, so you download this tool library, and this has all the common tools that work with the Bantam tools that are kind of uh, set up for you, ready to go. So I got that in there in my tool library, and I'll walk you through how to install that with some text here. And I have a link to it as well. All right, and then to shut up, um, you create a new setup. This is where you're creating your stock. You need to tell it, well, how big of a thing am I cutting? Add some offsets to the sides. We're going to use a 2D contour operation. And this just walks you through like, like the essential stuff that you need to do, when you're, when, or at least that I need to do when I'm setting this up for, uh, for milling. Um, selecting an, an eighth inch flattened mill is what we're using. Um, we select the contour uh, under the geometry tab. Um, we, uh, turn, we enable multiple depths. So, and then we just add a 0.1 millimeter maximum roughing. Uh, got some recommended settings, of course, from Bantam Tools themselves. Shout out to Bantam Tools for having nice learn guides as well. So I walk through their learn guide here, and it just gives me a good rundown of the exact feeds and speeds that are recommended for cutting acrylic. Uh, and various different tools has their own um, speeds and feeds. I'm using the eighth inch, which is kind of the biggest you can go. But uh, yeah, those are the feed rates here for uh, the acrylic. And they have some nice photos here and some more detail on cutting the acrylic. Uh, so that's why I referenced that. But these are kind of your the settings that I pulled out of that. I have a G-code file here that, uh, that is you know, process, uh, generated out of Fusion. Um, that's only going to work with uh, my stock size and my material thickness. So I really encourage you to make your own because uh, there are tolerances here and the, the thickness varies from like 2.45 to 2.65. So 
you're going to want to uh, accommodate that and uh, modify it. And then for the other plan, that's the software that the Bantam Tools uh, has. It's a really good piece of software, super easy to work with. Although I, I did try like importing the SVG into other plan because it has SVG support. And I was like, huh, this is not safe because <laughs> it has an error that says, uh, you know, make sure your, your, your material is, is properly like Make sure your material is, is, is doable. So something about the material could break your tool bit. And yeah, you don't want to do that. You want to uh, enable maximum multiple depths and cut at least 0.1 millimeters at a time to, uh, to save your tool from breaking. Because um, I have broken many tools. And uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, this, this, is, this is pretty nice. So next time I want to do some stuff and I forget, I can come in here and <laughs> read this through. And, it, it tells you just exactly what you need to enter, which is nice. So that's other plan, Fusion, the tool libraries, and acrylic. Or you can just cut it with, you know, a T-square and, <laughs> and a scoring tool. That's hilarious. I'm thinking about it now. I actually went ahead and bought my acrylic cutting tool because I was like, man, this is too much setup. <laughs> but if you're doing a custom shape, you know, like a hexagon or something smooth with, with curves, um, that's where you would want to do this, and you would basically do the same thing. I'm just doing it with a square. Any questions about milling? <laughs> no, just uh, that it'd be cool if these were all, ch there, if there was four of them chained together, which uh, they are chainable. dope, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Then I'd have to really use the mini boost, because that, that one's definitely going to eat um, five volts and not. Okay. So yeah, so that's, that's cutting acrylic. Nice. Uh, walk through there. All right, the next page just walks you through wiring up all the stuff, setting up your feather headers um, with your feathers. So they just, you know, we'll just walk, kind of run through it, but uh, JST connectors are, are being used uh, in combination with the, uh, the 10 wire silicone wires, silicone cover stranded core ribbon cable. It's about 28 gauge wire, which is our favorite type of wire. Um, yeah, lots of heat shrink too. All right, so when it comes to like uh, the assembly, uh, like what do you call it, the, the order of operations, you want to start with the, the PCB feather wing, the proto feather wing, mounting that to the PCB mount um, in the right orientation so you can reference the photos. I'm using um, just hex nuts and screws, but if you do want to use a battery and have more elevation, uh, you can use the standoffs to elevate the, uh, the the proto feather wing. Install the switch that gets installed by press fitting it at an angle. It just hits, stays there. Neo matrix just gotta make sure the PCB is oriented correctly with the standoffs, and then um, it's installed. <laughs> Putting the grid just make sure that the cutouts are lined up with the caps. Make sure your acrylic is facing the right way. Shiny side up, matted side facing down. Press fit it all together. Connect, connect the JST connectors. And then power it up and turn on the switch. And then you have it, there you go. <laughs> I just kind of ran through them, but you can, you can walk through it thoroughly when you're uh, building it if you, if you do plan to do so. And that's, that's the learn guide. You just kind of walk through it, ran through it. Here we are at the other end and our animations are still running. Super I cool. really like that orange. 
And we got some comments. Yanni is posting a link to Maker.io on their nice little tutorial on making 3D parts with the Bantam tools. Nice little Ooh, workflow. That's cool. Uh, tutorial there. Nice. And then uh, some questions: If would this work with the black translucent or transparent filaments? Uh, it would probably look like this here. Yeah, we do know. have like the purple. Yeah, I had a it's like a dark color. Yeah, I, I, there, nothing comes close to black LED acrylic that no. I have seen. It really is like a, on its own level. I have not seen anything that does this. Like, you, like people were like, oh, you could use paper. You could. 3D print the thing, like nothing looks as good. I'm gonna try the paper and see what happens. Hey. This is just a regular sheet of paper, by the way. Here's the acrylic template. Look at that. <laughs> and this is pretty opaque paper. Mm -hmm. um, that, that looks lackluster, but it does work. Go ahead and put the black on there. Just see just like the magic. Oh, not that one, the, the good one. Yep. This one or this one, doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely the Adafruit one because it's uh, it's thinner and more bright. So, yeah. Um, do we have a printed? No, we don't have a printed. Some translucent. Trans yeah, I have this. Don't have some around I was here. pulling it out, but it's it's definitely different. You remember this, right? This is actually three D printed uh, when I was doing the Neo Ring uh, diffuser, and this was three D printed. But I can't quite snap it out because it's got a really good hold to it but yeah even that doesn't really offer that much nice diffusion there's there, I sanded it down and everything and it's still kind of kind of grungy looking has texture to it which is nice if you're looking for that kind of effect but it's hard to it's hard to replicate this this effect it really is this one so if anybody finds some cool material that can do it and that's like common everyday material let's uh let's take a look at it Yeah, so this would be our second or third project now that ha that uses the Black Lady acrylic. Our first one was like this heart thing, and um, you can find that on the learn guide too. It's a uh, heart. This one over here. This uses the Black Lady acrylic as well, and uh, this has a link to Charlene's project, which inspired us to get Black Lady in the first place. She put together a, uh, a little ring that, uh, that uses a Gemma, and she has a nice write-up on it as well. And she laser cut very, uh, several pieces to kind of stack them together to make this kind of three-dimensional case. Shout out to Charlene again for the Black Lady acrylic. I don't know where she found it, but great job finding it. <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, cool. And then Electron Ash is saying that they just got their first RGB matrix, the 64 by 32. Have it hooked up to Arduino, but it's really bright. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty bright. Yeah, the Black Lady Acrylic works great on that. Uh, John, you, uh, John's latest project uses Black Lady Acrylic too. It's uh, the clock. Clock project. It's using the 64 uh, by 32 matrix as well. Mm -hmm. I think he's using the stand, the black wire yeah, thing. Yeah. And it just kind of rests on the front, mm -hmm. so it stays there without any fanciness, which is nice. Cool. Super cool. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for the project, I think. 
Yeah. I'm Bigelow. I think it was Nick Daimlow. Daimlow. Bugman140 on uh, on the socials. He's working yeah, on this Nick. really cool 3D printed torch. Yeah, with a uh, Gemma M0 and a NeoPixel ring. He's got this uh, pretty beefy uh, desktop fan, and the idea is to have a flame, like a fabric flame, inside the torch. So it's all 3D printed, kind of screws together, and um, the Gemma and the NeoPixel ring are mounted. They're, they're hot glued to uh, to the grill in the back of the uh, of the fan. So I really like it, and I wanted to remix it, or kind of recreate it um, with a Gemma, but with a NeoPixel jewel and a smaller fan. So our little five volt uh, mini fans that we use for our uh, fume extractor. So in the inside of the of the kind of cage is the seven NeoPixel jewel on the on top of it, on top of the fan, and then below the fan is the the Gemma M0. Gemma M0 has a built-in dot star LED, so we actually have it lit up, so it's kind of giving you some light down. And the fan is a little five volt fan that has some pretty decent airflow. It's kind of loud. And what we're trying to do is get uh, a bigger, we actually have the, the updated version here. It's got a bigger cage that allows more airflow. So we're, we're running into that whole issue of just like, how do we get the best motion out of our fabric? So our fabric is, uh, it's like this nylon mesh that's sometimes silk, sometimes not. But it, it's like, um, I forget what it's called, like your like scarves, like dancing scarves. Mm -hmm. We got a pack of them on Amazon for like two bucks, different colors. Cutting that stuff with scissors though, leaves behind lots of frayed edges. Yeah. So we ended up investing into like a $20 foam cutting thing to create these, uh, these cuts. Have you played with a foam cutter before? They're kind of neat. So nice <clears> job <throat> on the shapes there, they look nice and flamey. But yeah, we're gonna put it all in here. And um, we have these little, 3D printed mounts that um, that'll house the Gemma in here and the Neo uh, the Jewel NeoPixel in here, and uh, the mounting holes actually get mounted to the fan. So the fan has mounting holes that are exactly placed right here. So you have like everything's kind of revolves around the fan, and then inside the cage are these tabs where the fan gets mounted to with the. So you end up basically with a 25 millimeter screw that goes down and it kind of secures all these pieces together. So it's kind of neat. So I can take this out and show you that. The next thing I want to talk about is uh, a new product that was added recently. It's this little itty bitty board here. This is called the Adafruit Mini Boost 5 Volt. And what this does is it takes our 3.7 volt battery and it pumps it up to give me one amp five volts. So that means I can power this fan without having to uh, have issues while powering the NeoPixel because the Gemma is only gonna give you about 3.3 volts out. So what's great is like if you have a little Gemma and you're trying to power maybe 100 pixels, well, those 100 pixels want more than three volts. So the mini five volts is gonna give me one amp five volts. That's awesome. So I have that little guy wired in there to the V out and the ground pin on my uh, on my Gemma, and then the battery doesn't have anything fancy. The battery just hooks up directly to the Gemma. The Gemma has a built-in on-off switch, so you just turn it on, and right away you get all your LEDs, your five-volt fan that's getting one amp, clean voltage, 
and um, my Gemma's having a great time. So huge, huge shout out to Lamar for putting together the mini boost. Uh, I think it's going to be great for uh, projects that need a lot of power and uh, a small little board like our Gemma here. Um, if this board wasn't here, the, the fan probably wouldn't power or it would just keep browning out because it's trying to get 5 volts out of the 3 volt regulator. So that's really cool. Let me show you the product page for the Mini Boost. They are in stock and they're only 4 bucks. I, I picked up like 4 of them because I plan to use these in all my Trinket Gemma projects now that need 5 volts. So uh, I think that's going to be a common issue that folks run into is like, hey, I'm trying to power this Neo Matrix. It's got 64 pixels and like, you know, one of them is glowing green or something weird. It's because you need 5 volts. So uh, the Mini Boost is your answer. If you guys, uh, we got some suggestions from <laughs> Filmy Guy saying that uh, it'd be cool to add a bit of randomization to the timing on the fan so we can have some randomization <gasps> to the flame, giving it a flutter effect. That would be cool. That's a good idea. That is a great idea. Yeah, I'll ask and see if I can get some help from, uh, from the team. All right, so that's going to be, I believe, next week's project. Got some yeah. parts printing up right now, and oh, we'll see if we can get the, um, <laughs> the flames to behave in a more uh, sort of flapping way. Yeah, we just got to disassemble it and put all the things together in here. Mm -hmm. um, this is all nice too, it all screws together. I have a layer by layer on putting these uh, threads together, um, but yeah, I like these type of threads because they're interchangeable, and um, yeah, you can uh, do all sorts of fun stuff with, uh, with props. With, with with threads, super cool. Got your little kit. All right, sweet. Parts that is what's being prototyped for next week. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to do a quick shop talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we talked about the mini volts. Did we talk about the screwdriver? No, yeah. <laughs> okay, I got an electric screwdriver. I know, like, hey, just use a regular screwdriver, but you know, twenty-five millimeter long screws are. Kind of whatever. This was like uh, 38 bucks on Amazon, and it came with a ton of tips and stuff. It's electric. Um, it has a built-in battery charger and uh, little LEDs here to indicate what the power is like when you plug it in. That's all it does. It goes backwards, it goes forwards. Um, it has tons of little things. I got it on Amazon. Uh, Pedro, if you want to paste that link, it's uh, in the notes. I had it open. No, I don't. No, I, <laughs> I had it open. No, I don't. Let me pull it up. Yep, that's it. And uh, it went up in price by a dollar. <laughs> Got it for 38, now it's 39.99. But yeah, it comes with all the stuff here, all these bits. And uh, I've been looking for a good screwdriver that isn't $100. So there you go. And I think for little electronics and stuff, this, this works out pretty nice. So, uh, here it is, sorry, <laughs> I didn't switch to it. So I got it on Amazon, it's uh, about 40 bucks, and uh, it's on Prime, so you can do that. And it comes with all the things. There are other ones from other different uh, sellers. It's kind of like a white label, and everybody's kind of selling it at their own price with their own logo on it, but there you go. I thought I'd share about it, because uh, I've been in the market for a electric screwdriver that isn't $100, and uh, just small, and you know, just job done. There you go. That is my uh, 
Nice little quick shop talk. A little quick shop talk here. I got a new screwdriver. I like it. All right. Let's go ahead and jump into this week's community makes. Yay. All right. Every week we uh, 3D print something from the community. Uh, this week, it's a little fun one. Something for the kids. Yeah. So this is a fully 3D printed Duplo tractor. So it's compatible with all the Duplo blocks. And this is an excellent model by Riggy Track. It was made a couple of different uh, Duplo type uh, compatible models. This one caught my eye just because of the sheer uh, amount of detail and the different materials are required to build this like the little tractor wheels there. And just the overall shape of it is super cool. I like all the detail all around there and you can even add a little trailer on the back there. So we're using the lime green from Philcube. And yeah, it took about 27 hours to print all of the tires and the tractor part, the little roof, the um, Duplo blocks not included, obviously. But here's what it looks like on the camera I am at. And yeah, I am totally digging this. Of course, kids are digging this as well. These are Ninja Flex tires. This is the uh, Semi Flex. Okay. So we can print these on a Bowden extruder. Yeah. And yeah, all of the nice. detail on this came out super nice. This is a fun assembly. Does it require a lot of supports or anything? Uh, there was a couple of supports just on the axles, but that's pretty much it. Other than that, uh, no supports needed on that. All of the things like the um, the loader that all comes off. They all press fit. There's no glue. Going. Yeah, it all press fits into place. And like we were saying before, here's a little loader part of that too. And you have a nice little way to attach that onto the back there. Oh, can't even see it. I'm oh, too close. Let me go to the other <laughs> camera. There we go. Had some stuff here. Yeah, like I was saying before, it is all fully compatible. Uh, has a nice press fit tolerance with the Duplo blocks. And then, like we were saying before, the tires are all printed in the Sunny Flex, Ninja Flex, but any other flexible filament would be. Is it from too. Ninja Flex or from like Saint Smart? No, this one is Ninja Flex, but okay. again, you can use any 98A uh, flexible filament. Word. And all these just press fit in to the uh, little joints, uh, little snap fit joints. Yeah. Nubs, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Forget what they're called. Yeah, it has a really nice tolerance for all the, the Duplos. They actually fit. Yeah. So That's excellent odd. little model here if you want to have a couple of new toys for the kids to play with mm -hmm. during quarantine and all that. Cool. So super cool. All right, it's on Thinkiverse. Again, designed by Richie Tarak. And uh, he's got all the files there for you. So he has a single extrusion and the multicolored one as well. So you guys have those multi uh, material printers. Definitely take advantage of that and have it all nicely colored for you. Cool. And then he has a couple of designs as well that all kind of have the same theme. Yeah. Oh, think of verse. Anyway, I got one last one here. It says like, no things are here. It's like, mm. there's six designs. What do you mean nothing's here? There it is. Nothing here yet. That's so funny. All right. Well, um, the next thing I want to show you is a make alert. Bop, bop, bop. This is the first make posted on uh, on the socials that I've seen. Um, so this was posted up by uh, Thingiverse user uh, Bruno Bruno San Santos posted this up, and uh, he posted some lovely photos of his LED matrix hourglass build 
using some nice glitter-filled filaments here. This looks great. I think this is the bigger version. It's hard to tell. Scaling's hard to tell. But uh, it looks great. It's using two different colored LED matrices, but this is one of my favorite projects. Love the assembly. Great code by Carter Nielsen, who's on the Adafruit team. And um, it's always fun to see what printers folks are printing at, and I've never heard of a Flying Bear Ghost 3D version 3 printer. Flying Bear Ghost 3D. Very, very cool. So if anyone asks me what's a good printer, I'm going to tell them Flying Bear Ghost 3D <laughs> version 3. <laughs> Super cool. I think it's uh, Filamentum's Galaxy Vertigo um, colors. They just have that certain look to them. But anyway, shout out Bruno. Thank you for posting that. That was the first make I've seen of, uh, of this project. It was lots of fun to, to do. Yeah, I like the color scheme. Yeah. And then over on the Discord, uh, Andy Calloway is reminding us that the Duplos are indeed compatible with the Lego. Sure. Yeah. It's just doubled. Yeah. yeah. Or quadrupled. Duplo Lego. Yeah, it's actually one of the techniques I've seen when they do those very large Lego builds. They actually use the uh, Duplo. That makes um, sense. For the structural bases. Yeah, for the bases yeah, or the if there's like a giant amount of like say one color, like a mountain or something, they'll use a bunch of Duplo blocks. Cool. We're doing great on timing. We got about 10 minutes, so we're gonna wrap the show up. Yeah. Let's see, going through the notes. We got the hourglass, yep. <clears throat> All right, so that's gonna be it for this show. <clears throat> Stay tuned. Later today, there were some questions about that awesome, flexible OLED display that uh, Lamar and Phil posted. Everyone wants to know about this thing. Yeah, yeah I'm too. sure there'll be more guest appearances from it. Later tonight on Escape Engineers, so definitely make sure you're subscribed, turn on that notification uh, bell icon so you can see when that comes up. I'm sure that'll be during one of the top secret sections. Sure. All right, well, right before Ask Engineer is show and tell. Starts at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, happens every Wednesday. You can hang out in the live broadcast chat room at 6.50ish, and then PT, Mr. Lady Ada, will drop in the StreamYard link where you can open up. Uh, just make sure your mic is muted and your camera is all ready to go. Um, everything is fair game, uh, arts and crafts, electronics, uh, makerspaces, uh, um, tools, retro tech, what you're working on, notes. We've seen notes. We've seen lots of progress from, from various people. So really fun time. Great way to get your projects out there and um, get your, your maker, maker's gonna make. And then shortly after, well, it's an hour long, after 8 p.m. Eastern time is Ask Engineer time slot every Wednesday, Eastern time, 8 p.m. Um, those are the two shows that are back to back. Mm -hmm. All right. Over Sunday, Lamar had a really nice stream, The Great Search with DigiKey. So she's doing every Sunday around 8 to 9 p.m. Um, that's when she goes live. So thanks, folks, for coming in and saying what's up at those hacker hours. Tomorrow, John Park's doing his live workshop. It's every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, John just did a, uh, a virtual event, Maker Fair. Uh, Maker Fair over the weekend, so check that out. It's on the blog if you want to uh, take a look at his um, his talk where he chatted about live streaming. Yeah. Live streams have been the live streams. Yeah, definitely Very meta. use the uh, Pi cameras that we have, the high quality camera modules mm -hmm. to act, have it act as a streaming camera. It's pretty Excellent. cool. 
Excellent, excellent. All right, well, we hope to see you tonight on this the on the show and tells. We'll be there. And just a reminder, the programming note, this is 3D Thursday. It happens every Wednesday at 11 a.m. You can hang out with us in the Discord chat room, which we're hanging out now. And we have some lovely comments from folks. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, Jim and Yanni for, uh, for the comments and everybody else, too. We did it. Yay. Yay. We didn't have any issues so far. It's great. And I can say that now because uh, it's near the <laughs> end of the show. All right, guys, that's going to be it for this week. Thank you so much for uh, coming in. But, uh, you know, until next week, remember, it's up to you to make, make a, great a great day. day. See you later tonight. Bye, everybody. Stay safe.